The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and you can't see her because this is audio, but this is Beanie, my puppy. The only <laughs> reason I bring that up is because at some point during the show, someone will get within 300 feet of my house, and she's going to bark, and you're going to go, where the hell is that dog coming from? And now you know. Now you know. Uh, on the bright side, it's not going to be a terribly loud thing because, she, uh, I mean, she has gained weight. She's up to five pounds. Woo! Mm. So, uh, anyway, meanwhile, back at the news stuff, because we start with news, and we've got, we've got some, some interesting news and some why did you bother telling us this news. Like uh, Nicki Minaj, for example, has a new album called Beam Me Up Scotty, which is a line that was never actually said in Star Trek, so I consider it just another reason to be annoyed by her. <laughs> um, similarly... Uh, we will blame this on Gina Carano. I think we said it in pre-pro high Ted Rangers of the Republic, because there's maybe that's just proof. You can have too much star Wars stuff on the way. Maybe. Cause now we don't have that, uh, which is not choice. I mean, really was the, was the potential success of this series based on Gina Carano it was like, that's odd. So I don't particularly care, but it's, but it's interesting. Sure. I'll go with that. Interesting it is. I, it's not a series I had given any thought right. about. I want to see, uh, wasn't there, isn't there a Rogue Squadron series on its way? I believe so, plus Boba Fett. and I've yeah. seen, an, we, we've got The Mandalorian, that's covering Boba Fett for me. Yeah. Put Wedge in a Rogue Squadron series. <laughs> they're never going to do Wedge. Just, no, to I know, just to piss me off, that's why they're not doing it. Exactly. Anyway, uh, something else that's kind of been big news this week, although we were talking again in, in pre-pro about this. Uh, Amazon bought MGM. Yes. Woo. Which would have been bigger news if MGM still owned their entire catalog, which they don't. <laughs> which is yeah. You said what the 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 Wizard of Oz is now a Warner Brothers thing. And Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, Gone with the Wind, so. A lot of the classic catalog of what you think of as MGM, because they are MGM films, Warner's owns them. So they're not buying that library. Basically, everything before 1986, not not MGM. So Except for Bond. Yep, yeah, except for Bond. So they have Bond and Rocky. So the Rocky series, Bond, uh, there are... Oh, crap, they're going to make a crossover. Yeah, that'll be good. So they have all of that, and of course they could do a lot with these properties. Uh, one thing that is interesting is uh, they paid $8.45 billion. That's a lot of money. They, they paid $13.4 billion for Whole Foods. So Amazon That's has money hint. to play. Amazon has money to play with. Uh, well, I think this, was, this was just money Jeff Bezos found in his couch. Yeah, according to New York Times, they have $71 billion in cash available. So this is not we exactly could use a sponsor. Yeah, not exactly a huge expenditure when yeah, it's uh, it's about nine percent of their available cash. They didn't have to do anything except like you said, oh let's let's rummage through the couch and see what we can find. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. So far I don't know, Amazon originals have are very hit or miss. Well, kinda like any studio's offerings, right? I mean some yeah. stuff is really good. Some stuff is like, mm, no. 
So we'll we'll see what they do. I'm I'm kind of frightened that one of the one of these statements was that they're they are considering reimagining some of these uh, things. So yeah, I don't want you to reimagine things that are good. Just continue them if you want to, but we don't need reimaginings because reimaginings usually are crap. So well, no. actually, that leads directly into our next story. Uh, Timothy Chamelay was announced <laughs> this week. He's going to be playing a young Willy Wonka in a prequel to how he get the, got the chocolate factory in the first place. Of course. I can't be bothered to care. Um, I mean, the, 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 the book was weird. The first movie was weird, but really, really good. The second movie was kind of crap, really. Yeah, I agree. Definitely um, be crappy. So, hey, if that's what you want to do with your money, we could use a sponsor and use it more responsibly. Um, I'm just throwing that out. Uh, let's see, another... I'm not sure if this is a re-imaging or if it's a sequel or what, but there's a new Predator movie on the way, and I kind of like the premise of this, and I love the name of the actress attached to it. The concept is that it's going to be a Native American dream quest kind of thing that somehow accidentally involves a predator. And this is not not sexual predator or anything. I'm talking the alien from the movie series of you know, Predator that goes along with aliens. That kind. That sounds good. Um, <clears throat> the yet. name of the actress in charge, or attached to this in charge. I don't know why I said that. The name of the actress attached to it, and I love this name. Amber Midthunder. Interesting. Do I know her from anything else? No. But I love the name, and she has a good look to it. So sure, why not? Amber Mid. That, that just sounds like a cool name. Well, hopefully they can uh, finally turn out a good Predator movie, because it's been a while. Like, a really good Predator movie? Like, since Predator. I, Predator 2 was good. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, it's 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 pretty it's pretty iffy. They, they, they didn't exactly follow up like Alien did. Oh no, I'm not I'm, I'm not putting it in that category. But Which I, also thought, Predator, I thought Predator Two was good. Mm. I'll review that eventually and probably come to a completely different conclusion. <clears throat> but uh, let's see other news uh, from the from the comic book area. And this time it's literal because it's we both enjoyed the hell out of the Batman, the animated series. Indeed. And DC Comics, uh, about two years ago, came up with the idea of Batman, the adventures continue, which picks up the animated series pretty much where we left off. And they did, uh, I think it was about 12 issues of that. And then they stopped. No warning, just that's it. It's gone. And I was not happy with that until I found out uh, uh, not that long ago, like an hour ago, that they're starting up new issues of it in what they're calling season two. The first one of those comes out Tuesday. So I, I think that's good. I mean, they added since Batman, the animated series, they've introduced a bunch of interesting characters in the Batman books, um, like Talon and the Court of Owls. Um, and they've put those in the, I guess, what was the first season of The Adventures Continue. Uh, they put Deathstroke in. 
and called him Deathstroke. Thank you. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That would be Tuesday. But this one, the other thing is not coming out until, I still think it's November. But we finally have it, and it's not a full trailer, it's just a teaser for The Eternals. A movie that was supposed to be out, what was it, last November? I believe so. Along with everything else held up by the pandemic. Now, does it tell us any of the storyline or anything? No. No, it doesn't. But it's got some good clips. It's got a few good lines in it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know. Did you see it this week? I have not seen the trailer yet. I'm just kind of holding off. Okay. Well, the movie will be out not as soon as we'd like it to be. Well, yeah, the movie's going to be a while. Uh, one other possible weird merger is, and this is just a rumor, and it probably won't happen, but it's possible that Disney could buy DC Comics. I have been seeing that, and that would be weird because they own Marvel. Yeah. So we could finally get those crossovers we've always been dreaming about. Um, I mean, we, we do get them occasionally. Like every, if, there was a, a book that came out in like the no, early eighties, the X Men and the Teen Titans crossover. I mean, movies. Oh, movies would be well. Movies. The thing about that is, if they would need to completely restart DC, which is not a bad idea. No, no, I'm not saying that. It's considering the the uh, mixed bag. Let's put it that way. I was going to say trash heap. It's not quite a trash heap, but it sure is a mixed bag. So it wouldn't it's be certainly a idea. mixed bag. Wouldn't be a bad idea to restart it. So <clears throat> probably not because those it, it comes up every once in a while. But supposedly AT and T is looking to shed Warner's, which they could possibly shed DC and blah blah blah. So who knows? That could be interesting. Actually, you know something else that's interesting. The first movie, I, well, actually, I guess the only movie I watched this week. And, uh, of course, now comes the time when Beanie decides to lick my face, if you're wondering why I'm stuttering a little bit during this review. <laughs> Movie I watched this week, going back to 1990, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Good choice. Now, the <laughs> let's start off with this a little bit, a little background here, because who are, who are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Uh, they're two secondary characters from Hamlet. And this movie may or may not be about them. It's one of those. Sit down, strap yourself in. It's a bit weird. Gary Oldman and Tim Roth, who are both excellent actors, play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and they're not even sure which of them is which. Um, to understand which is which, you, you, you have to kind of understand that this movie, despite predating all of the following references is very much like a comedic medieval version of Total Recall and or Inception with a healthy dose of surrealism just kind of plopped on top of it. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern start off the movie on horseback, having been summoned to see King Claudius about his son Hamlet, who is not well. Well, if you've seen the play, the play is actually going on in the background of this movie. But we're not following Hamlet. We're following Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the secondary characters. Now, on their way to meet the king, uh, they come across a band of actors led by Richard Dreyfus, who offers the pair, that being Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the opportunity to not just witness them putting on a play, but the chance to become participants in it. 
Thus, the total recall aspect kind of kicks in. Uh, does the movie really take place, or is it the actor's version of it? Hmm. Anyway, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are indeed at Castle Claudius, interacting with Hamlet, the play, and the person, the way they're supposed to with all the Shakespearean lines and gibberish. But, as in the play, a group of actors arrive, only it's Richard Dreyfuss's acting troupe. Uh... Then they pr then Richard Dreyfuss's troupe perform Hamlet in Hamlet while later performing an Italian version of the same play as the play that was performed in the play itself. Oh, look, we've got Inception. <laughs> and, and just for fun, let's add in the main plot for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, which is being secondary characters in Hamlet with little or no backstory. Why don't they themselves remember anything about the events before the play started? Yes, this movie sounds like a complete cluster. Yes, I'm editing that. But it is questionably brilliant. Or is it? Uh, you're going to get lost watching this. You will laugh while watching it. You will conf be confused and bewildered and befuddled by it. Are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern really dead? What are the rules of the game of questions? Where did all this paper come from? How did Gary Oldman's character, whether it is Rosencrantz or Guildenstern, know how to make a paper biplane before 1500? It's weird. It's fun. It's quirky. It's available on Pluto, Prime Video, Tubi, Netflix, and probably a few more places. And may I simultaneously recommend watching it while either stone cold sober or completely smashed. It's going to come out about the same. Well, uh, by comparison, that Pet Shop Boys movie I keep referencing, it couldn't happen here. It might make a little more sense than this or not. They're both really weird. Anyway, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern may or may not be dead, depending on your perspective. It's a movie. Watch it. It's that kind of thing. They may not even exist. They might not. <clears throat> Who knows at this point? Which is fun. Which leads me to one of the films I watched, The Woman in the Window, based on a quite popular book came out just a few years ago, and this is a Netflix release. Um, this was originally slated for a theatrical release, and then it kind of bounced around, partly reportedly because of pandemic, partly reportedly because the studio didn't have a whole lot of confidence in it and sold it off, and Netflix likes to buy stuff up, so they did. So... It is the story of a woman played by Amy Adams, who, she's an agoraphobe. So she is just basically trapped in her house. She's afraid to go out. She's afraid to have visitors, too, for that matter. And she is just kind of watching the neighbors across the street. New neighbors move in. She's just kind of not really spying on them, just what does she have to do, you know? So she's just looking and watching over there. And she befriends uh, the son of the... He's probably about 16, 17, comes over just to introduce himself and bring a gift from his mom. And so they, they get a little bit of a relationship. Nothing weird, just, hey, neighbor, how are you? That kind of stuff. Well, one night, the woman in the window. I was going to say, are you sure this isn't a porn you watched this week? Which is, it is not. Okay, right? just checking. Which, uh, she happens to just kind of look across the way and sees a murder. But... She also has some other psychiatric problems, which are brought out in her sessions with her therapist, which you see occasionally. And occasionally she has hallucinations, 
So this is the, the, a classic case of the unreliable narrator. And did this really happen? So it's just a mystery building up as to whether this really happened. And if it really happened, what really happened? Because the neighbor comes over because she calls the police, of course. The police come and they check it out. Oh, and there's the mom. She's okay. And by the way, it's not the same woman. Fun. Because she already had the mom come over and talk with her. And they had several chats and they had become good friends. All of a sudden, nope, that's not the mom after all. What the hell is going on? So it's it goes through that that pattern of trying to figure out. Okay, did she, did this really happen? If it really happened, who the hell got killed? And, or was anyone killed? Did she just misinterpret what she saw? Uh, this is has a lot of references to Hitchcock to to the point of including she's watching. There's um, at one point there's rear window is playing. Rear window was what I'm like. This sounds like yeah. rear window. Yeah, and at one point it's and she must have it on Blu-ray because it's 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 in a stutter step slow motion pattern as it's as it zooms in on the screen. So kind of a weird thing. So lots of classic uh, thriller suspense films are playing on her TV occasionally. So it makes references to all of these. Has some interesting opening sequences which kind of call back to Vertigo. Uh, it's worth watching Hitchcock. Nope. Uh, not close, sadly, which kind of explains <laughs> why Netflix wound up with it instead of it being released to theaters. Um, it's not as good as the book. And, and this kind of story is more difficult to do on film than in a book because, I mean, unless they had done it as a first-person uh, point of view, which can be done because it has been done at least twice that I can think of which is pretty cool. Lady in the Lake in the 40s, Robert Montgomery. Awesome movie, better than this movie. Uh, Woman in the Window, worth watching, not great. Uh, they should have stayed away from the Hitchcock references because all it does is remind you, oh, I should watch Cape Fear, which is not a Hitchcock movie, but Hitchcock. And, oh, I should watch Spellbound. Uh, and over and over and over, it's like, yeah, okay, just stop. There's better version of our, versions of our film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but are they on Netflix? Uh, so no, maybe, no. maybe it's a subtle commercial for Netflix. Yeah, it's not. Watch a, okay, but and is it worth watching? Yeah, it's worth watching. But you're not going to say, "Oh God, I want to watch that." Again. You're not going to watch. Want to watch it again? Amy Adams is good. Performances are good. Just should have been a better film. Luckily, they do have a better film on Netflix. This is called Oxygen. Much different film. The science fiction film. A woman wakes up from well, it looks like a hyperbaric chamber, and she does not know why she's there, what the hell is going on. She thinks she's had an accident. She This is a very high-tech thing. She's got phone service inside it, but she's sealed inside. She can't get the hell out. And there's a problem, because the reason she woke up is she, her oxygen is running low in this pod. She's like, I think, 27% when it starts. And she's trying to get help in help is talking to her and say yeah we'll be there right away and blah 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 but they never show up and she gets more and more panic stricken as the oxygen level drops down wonder where they got the title um and then it takes a few twists and then it takes a few more twists and then it takes another twist or two so really good sci-fi suspense flick best movie no 
But definitely, if you're only going to spend time watching something on Netflix and you only have time for one movie, Oxygen is the one to watch, not Woman in the Window. Surprisingly, because this is from the guy who directed Crawl, which is like, has so many horrific, stupid plot devices. Also, the guy who directed High Tension, which is actually a pretty good suspense flick from about, yeah, 2003. So, yeah, The Hills Have Eyes, one of the endless remakes of The Hills Has Eyes, no. Piranha 3D, don't think I even have to talk about that. Uh, Crawl, which was a major disappointment, but Oxygen got a good script working for him this time. So, excellent film. French movie. You can watch it in French with subtitles because it's Netflix. You can watch it dubbed in English. You can probably watch it in Spanish. You can probably watch it in Lithuanian. Don't know how many languages it's available, but yeah. Lots of stuff available. One of the great things about streaming or Blu-rays these days is odds are you can watch it in about any damn language you want. And finally, that's still not the best thing on Netflix running that I watched this week. Death, Love, Death, and Robots came back. So a couple of years ago, Love, Death, and Robots, a short animated anthology series, popped up. Crazy, really good stuff. Season 2 showed up. Season 2 is not nearly as long as the first season. first season, I think, was 16 shows. Well, this one's only 8. But the good news is they already said Season 3 is already slated, so we'll be getting that. Like the first season, some of the episodes are just good. Some are terrific. Uh, I would say probably overall the first season is maybe a bit better, but definitely recommend Pop Squad, which is a little bit uh, Blade Runner-ish film noir, which, of course, Blade Runner is kind of film noir, but anyway. Uh, Snow in the Desert, about a, uh assassin who's just kind of hiding out from people who don't want him to hide out. The Tall Grass, which has, uh, to my knowledge, no love or robots, but it does have death. Yeah, not all, <laughs> not all, not all of the episodes have love and, re- and robots, but uh, very much like a Stephen King-type story. Pretty creepy. Good stuff. My favorite, though, my favorite is All Through the House, which is just a sweet little story about a couple of young kids who wait up for St. Nick and it's not St. Nick that shows up. Um, don't let your little kids watch this at all, this entire series, but especially not that episode. Lots of nudity and sex in a, a couple of the episodes even have smoking, which they make a point of warning you about. So graphic nudity, sex, gore, and smoking. So that is so bizarre that that is on the same list now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can watch people be eviscerated and watch almost, almost X-rated animated uh, lovemaking. And smoking is on the same list. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, Love, Death, and Robots, very good. The, the least of the episodes is still... Good. Probably better than The Woman in the Window. Which is still worth watching. Just not great. So, Woman in the Window, Oxygen, and at the top, Love, Death, and Robots. Totally worth your time. And some of these shows are... Some of these are only like 10 minutes long. So you can blow through Love, Death, and Robots if you wish. 
And there are robots in some of the episodes, so you'll be happy. Yay! Robot, robots can be good for you sometimes. Let's see, there's one. Especially if they want a vacuum. Three, four. Now, five of the eight have robots. Unless I somehow missed the fact that robots were in the others, so. But, they were in the background. They're the ones who did the editing. Yes. Executive produced by Tim Miller and David Fincher, so. They're got, robots. They are robots. They got some chops behind them. Some good voice acting. So a few people you may have heard of, like uh, Michael B. Jordan, Anthony Hopkins. Pretty crazy when you get voice acting level like that. Voice acting talent at that level like that for something that is just on Netflix. There we go. I finally got it out. So, good stuff, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, we've given you a good list of things to, to watch this weekend. And it's a long weekend. It is so a long weekend. take it. Enjoy it. Don't forget why we have this weekend. That is true. Don't post thank you for your service unless you're thanking someone who's dead because this isn't Veterans Day. That always pisses me off. I don't know if it pisses me off, but it's irritating. It's like, get it straight. This is about people who died not people who like oh i served yeah stop it i think maybe if we changed the name to 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 rem- like remembrance day or something it would work it, people would be able to keep it straight better well memorial what would a memorial be so that's yeah. just it a lot of people don't have a clue they go oh it's on memorial drive near memorial park yeah. And don't have a clue as to what a memorial is. Apparently not. Because yeah. they li- because they listen to Nicki Minaj. That's the problem. That's it. See? That's what it is, indeed. And they're See? smoking. Full circle. There we go. Anyway, yes, enjoy the weekend. Have a, have a Enjoy your Remembrance Day or Memorial Day, whichever you want to call it. Uh, but if you go outside, COVID still exists. And even if you've gotten your vaccination, wear a mask. It's just polite. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that. He's gone. My country.